Hey everybody, this is Logan. And this is Kurt. And we have a deal for you. Tickerbot Games, the company that brought you Golstal, is giving you a heck of a deal through us. Through the month of September, you can get 20% off of Golstal. Gosh, I love that game. Yeah, that is one of our family favorites, isn't it? It sure is. And you know what else is awesome? You actually get free worldwide shipping to anywhere in the world. Cool. Darn right it is. Go to TinkerbotGames.com right now. Use the code MFGCast20 when you're checking out to get this great deal. And what makes this a really good deal is Tinkerbot Games is based in England, so if you're here in the States or in other countries, it's the international shipping is quite a lot. So that's a great deal. You get 20% off and you get the free worldwide shipping. Worldwide! <laughs> And remember, if you don't buy this game, then I won't get to eat tonight? What do you mean I don't get to eat? Well, you read it, so it must be true. What? Some board game conversations. I wanted to do it kind of like like old time radio or something, or like maybe like a smooth jazz or something like that. You know, I know the last episode we kind of done we kind of did the same thing, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to be like, "Oh, we're smooth now," even though I'm never smooth. <laughs> Either that, or this is the uh, the radio station where it's like the uh, you know, like, "Oh man, we got Douglas on the line." Yeah, you know, my girl worked, walked out on me after I uh, I cheated on her for the 35th time. But I, but I still love her, man, you know? I, she's still the one for me. It's like, song goes out to you, Chase. <laughs> it's like, it's like fuck it. <laughs> Actually, it would be more like this. Like, every Friday night, I go out for, with the boys to play Magic, you know, and stuff like that. And my wife just got so pissed at me because I would never come home. I'd stay out until 3 in the morning and stuff like that. And she's like... I'd rather you be sleeping with somebody, you know? And then she left me, you know, something like that. Or, or the classic magic joke. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, every Friday I'm out until 2 o'clock in the morning playing tournaments. I'm, you know, I'm blowing all my money every time a new wave comes out. I'm buying box after box of cards. You know? It's kind of rough, you know? It's like, well, what does your wife say about that? What wife? <laughs> <laughs> I play magic, motherfucker. I ain't got time for anyone in my life. <laughs> no kidding. And that... It's funny because, like, it, it makes me think about that, too. Like, when, you know, back in the days where we used to go out and do magic tournaments and stuff like that, I'm like, this is a this is a single person's game because I don't have enough time for this because I have an actual family. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, you know, ask your significant other if she would like to play test your deck <laughs> and not to start cracking up laughing. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, out of curiosity, what would your significant other say that your name is, buddy? Oh, hi, I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. 
two minutes in, figured let people know who yeah, we are. Yeah, they know who we are. They don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, th- th- this is not the podcast you stumble across and start listening. To. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> you can't go back. A funny thing that I found out about my brother-in-law is that he actually got his daughter into magic. So now they're testing each other's decks, and my sister's like. Oh, what the hell have you done? <laughs> like, she's like, now I've lost you and my daughter. Great, thanks a lot. And she's like, wait a minute, I don't have to deal with you or my daughter. Starts booking <laughs> spa treatments, tennis lessons, book clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the funny thing is, is she's been asking for a lot more books lately. So you're right on that. <laughs> so this episode, we're gonna be talking about Kickstarter, like. You know, it feels like, like these days, like I don't know if Kickstarter is becoming more of a hassle for games than it is a help. You know, so I kind of want to talk about those things, like some of the some of the games that in the past have been, you know, kind of ripoffs of other games or like game companies that just don't give back to the backers their actual game and stuff like that. You know, how the small companies, you know, have tried to thrive, but now the bigger companies are kind of, you know, trying to, you know, get into the Kickstarter game and stuff like that. Before we talk about that, let's talk about what we're now playing. Dan, what have you been playing lately? Lately, I've been playing one game a lot, and it's not a Kickstarter game. It is something that you may have seen a lot after, like, around the Gen Con time and all that, and that is Disney's Villainous. So jealous. Right? Finally got a Target, which... um, What's weird is, like, I thought it was a Target exclusive. Apparently it's not because I've seen it on Cool Stuff and a few other online retailers recently. Yeah, it was it was going to be a Target exclusive for a little while, and then it was going to release. Yeah, I think for, like, two uh, weeks. Globally or <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Target. You cornered the market on nothing. And I'm curious if this is happening for everyone else, too. And uh, feel free to shoot uh, over on Twitter if so. I know it's, like, both of the Targets in my area and one out in Jersey, they really remodeled their entire board game section apparently that like massive exclusive deal they've done a lot of reformatting and it's actually kind of nice now which is really cool and different um yeah it depends upon where you're at because like ours there are a few of those games but not as much as i've seen on other people's where it's like it's this whole like square like we have like that whole spot where it's like all these cool games and stuff like that but like there's a there are some things missing that you'll see in like the bigger cities and stuff like that. Like the other day, I went in to check out and they did have a spot for Villainous and Megaland, and I was kind of like, I want one of those, and I have none of those because they were both out. Yeah, the ones by me, they have the spot for Nectophobia. They do not have the Nectophobia, and I'm I'm really curious yeah. about trying that game out. But they did. Yeah, I actually, I, that's the one thing I did see, which I was kind of like, this kind of is kind of kind of seems kind of cool but like i was kind of hoping for the other ones you grab a nyctophobia i'll grab a villainous we'll swap there you go. so uh speaking of disney's villainous what's pretty cool about the game is it's two to six players right what i enjoy is it's a completely asynchronous game because as you're playing the villains trying to finally complete your master plan everyone plays very differently like if you're prince john you're trying to amass 20 of the power coins like you know basically the gold in this game you you want to mess wealth if you're ursula you want to capture the crown and the trident and bring them back to your lair so you can have all the power things like that 
Uh, one of my favorites is Jafar. You must have the lamp and dominate the genie. And uh, you must have those at the palace to be able to win and things. Now, what's kind of fun about the game is a few of my friends that I've taught it to uh, refer to it almost as Disney-esque munchkin because there's also a fate option you can do in this game where it, that's how you mess with the other players. And it's great because each character has their own fate deck besides their own player deck, which is all the heroes and things to mess with them. So, you know, when you're playing Jafar, a light might come out and he'll steal things. So if you have the lamp, he'll steal the lamp or other items that you have. Also... That filthy, filthy... I'm telling you, the street urchin, man, they'll do that. When you're playing like Prince John, the Merry Men will take gold from your reserves, and until you defeat them, you don't get that cash back. <laughs> the game is really interesting because each player gets their own board, and it's like four locations that you know make sense from their film. It's a very simple, every turn you must move, and there's action spots on each of these things. And you can do them in any order, so you might be able to like play two cards, move one of your allies, and get like two power cards. Or the other spot, you might be able to get like three power coins, uh, discard some cards, you know, play only one card and activate a card or something. So it's a pretty easy play. It goes pretty quick. And the thing that's really like mean in it is when your enemies from your fate deck are played at these locations, they'll be blocking some of those icons. Take, for example, Prince John's board. Money is on the top part of his actions on all the spots except for one. So when you play Fate to Prince John, you're cutting off his ability to get money. Uh, Captain Hook, you want to like, you know, like find Peter Pan, get the map, drag him back to the Jolly Roger, and defeat him in combat. So when people are blocking off spots that let you like play cards and things like that, they're slowing down your ability to get to Pan. It's pretty fun, a little bit mean, but not outrageously mean. <laughs> It's villainous. Of course it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like, um, it's kind of like, and it's funny because there's no direct interference. It's like, I will use fate to make something terrible happen to you, but you bought this on yourself. Like, I, I didn't bring a lot in there. Why would I? I'm under the sea. He just happened to be there when you were there. Unlucky you. The different asynchronous characters are really fun. One of my favorites is like the Queen of Hearts. You just want to uh, play the game of croquet. So you need to get out all your card guards <laughs> and like they have to act as the widgets for you to be able to like take the shot, which is actually a card you have to play. But, you know, beautiful art on it, really nice cards. What I love is the back of each of the cards is like very thematic to the characters. Like it's beautiful art front and back. The miniatures or like, I don't even know what you call them. They're not miniatures per se, but they're basically like representations of those characters. Like one of them is like a squirrel with like a plume's hat in it's red so you're like, that's hook like jafar it's just like his shadow almost yeah just like a cool player pond basically. yeah like really really nice pieces beautiful beautiful everything quick and easy to teach it also has like a little player guide for each character to let you know like this is what you should be doing and this is a good way to go about doing it and this is the only thing that i don't know if this is for every place i don't know if this will happen if you get it from cool stuff or not too but some of the games at Target, like, not every game is shrink-wrapped. Some of the games are, like, done with, like, that sticker stuff, like the four-corner sticker oh, thing. I hate yes. that. I hate that. And this game has, like, glossed texture over, like, the villainous word and certain things or anything. Like, when you glint it in the light, it looks awesome. And then there's, like, sticky crap from those sticker rings on the sides. And I'm just like, God damn it. Like, it's so nice... And then you pick it up, and you're like, ugh, because you feel it on your hands and everything. I'm like, 
oh my god, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this. Like you can't even wipe it off because then you're gonna rub part of the box off. But it's only forty bucks too, which is super good deal. And I have actually gotten to play as every single villain so far. Um, the last game I did, I did as Prince Sean. Like, I, you hear, like, some are harder than others. Like, the biggest thing I heard is that, like, Jafar is the hardest. I thought it was pretty easy. Like, well, not easy, easy. But, I mean, I didn't think it was... There was nothing when using him that I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I'll never win. Like, but it is really cool if you have, like, a Disney fan in your life. If, you know, if this, like, theme strikes out to you. For a simple, accessible game, and like I said, it goes two to six. Uh, Villainous is really, really cool. I'm, I'm glad something like this came out. If they can just release Decepticons, it's time that Prime dies. Or Cobra Commander, the world is yours. I would be thrilled. That's the game that I... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen unless somebody in the comic book world gets a hold of it because you know, there's just not... There's not that, sorry. There's not that much of a hankering for that, except for the hard, the hard score. The good lord, the hardcore, you know, like TV fans or comic book fans and stuff like that. It, yeah, you're right about the whole like you know Disney fan thing. Like I, I'm not the biggest Disney fan, but I do like a lot of it. And just seeing like uh, King Richard, I'm like, man, I really want to watch Robin Hood again. Man, I love that movie back then, you know, back when, and I'd like to show it to Logan and stuff like that. And then I'm thinking. Oh man, I love to play the Jungle Book or grab the Jungle Book, you know, because that that was just something that you know that I just loved back back in the day, and so did my wife, you know, and it 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 lends itself to if this game has that much of a pop to it, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, that you know maybe they come out with some player expansions where they could have you know like the monkey from Jungle Book or whatever, or some other Disney villains and stuff like that. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, but everyone immediately was like, oh, man, I can see this game getting expansions. I can see this game getting expansions. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I almost kind of don't want it to get It's like the game is really fun and really nice, and I don't want it to be another thing where I have to store it in five boxes like Sentinels or some crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. It's just, I think, you know, it's like, Anything that has an IP, like, there's always going to be those people that are like, you know, oh, this is so awesome, but it would be just cool if they just had this one guy, like, you know, like, if you're talking about, like, like do, doing a Transformer game, like, like even, like, going to, like, the movies and stuff, like, they're coming out with a Bumblebee movie. Like, that movie might be awful. It might be awful. I love Bumblebee. I don't care what anybody says. Screw you. I don't care. I love Bumblebee, and I love that there's going to be a Bumblebee movie because he was my dude. Back when we were younger, my parents didn't have a lot of money, so all my friends had Optimus Prime and all this other big shit, and I had Bumblebee and Cliffhanger, and you know what? I loved them. All right, and let me ask you something. Who does Bumblebee become later on in the original animated series? After Prime came back, Bumblebee got messed up. Then they had to rebuild him, and he was known as... Oh, why did, I don't remember that now. Oh, that sounds like something that somebody who really likes Bumblebee would remember. Because he was a gold bug. And he became gold bug from that day on. <laughs> Gosh. I have to. I actually have a bunch of those old cartoons. I wonder if I have that where he actually changed. I don't know if I do. Yeah, it was like towards the very abrupt end of Transformers. I don't know if you remember, it literally died in mid-season. Because people were like, I'm not buying 86 toys to keep up with the show. The hell with this. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Maybe that's why I don't remember because I'm keeping the old Bumblebee in my heart. There you go. Classics. And um, 
I know Superfest note, the only other game I got to play recently was Dice Forge, because with GameStop having them on clearance for 20 bucks, I got a copy for a friend of mine, because he's really awesome, and uh, Joe enjoyed it. I got to teach it to him. We had a blast playing it. And upon playing that game, like, two other people were like, I'm buying this game immediately! And ran, <laughs> they immediately swept every local GameStop to pick up Dice Forge. So I'm glad a very awesome game is getting to the hands of some more good people. A couple of things that I got to play... Um, one of the things that we had talked about a few episodes ago is I wanted to get in some of the expansions that we actually got, and I was able to finally get in Champions of Midgard, the Dark Mountains. Nice. Um, yeah, which adds the um, archers, which is a cool little uh, dice that um, it only has one, a one blank side where you only miss once on the die. And then also, if you're going hunting, if you get the arrow with the uh, with the deer head on it, you actually get double the food if you hunt, which is cool. And then it also adds a new uh, enemy type, which is a, a Burgrissar. Um, and then when you defeat them, you can't use archers, but once you defeat them, then you get gold and you get... Is it gold or is it victory points? I can't remember. I think it's victory points. And then you also get an archer from for beating them. But the archers are fun because, you know, you can hunt more but also because they have that they only have that one blank side it's easier for you to fight when you're trying to fight something out uh, a power a more powerful monster out in like the ocean or whatever or, you know if you're trying to fight the troll it kind of gives you more of a chance to defeat that troll or whatever and it also gives you like some uh, some stronger joggers and then i think it adds like some troll kings i think what it yeah. is what they're called yeah where I think a blame token goes to everybody when you kill it instead of just giving it to one person, which is kind of nice. Yeah, so so it's kind of, you know, it's... Okay, do you need this expansion? No. But because I love this game so much, I feel like this is an awesome added bonus to the game. Would I pay 40 bucks for this expansion? No, I and I did not. So, you know, if it's something that's half or, you know, even something under that, then I would go for it. I don't think it's necessarily worth the 40 bucks yeah i i really i like the expansions for champions but see like um so this goes to something we we talked about a while ago with like the whole like your value for when you buy games and like expansions and stuff i just wish like maybe like on the gray fox games site or something like that that they could have it where it's like champions of midgard deluxe where it's like a hundred bucks and it's a game with both the expansions and like the promo dudes or whatever so you because it is very pricey to buy that game plus both expansions separately. Like, one bulk purchase would be a little preferable, especially if you can get a little something off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, another game that we were able to play, too, that I got for my birthday is I we got Indigo uh, by uh, Ravensburger. And this is a cool, like, I think it's like, I call it, Zero plus one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it, you know, you're you have these tiles. You're making these paths for these jewels to go in the spots where you have your markers. You know, depending upon the player count, it can really, you know, depend where these uh, where the jewels are going and stuff like that. You get one, two, or three points depending upon what color jewel you have, and it's just it's uh, easy but fun and cool little strategy. Me and Tracy played it with Logan and our cousin, 
And after that, they proceeded to play four more games of it because that's how excited they were to play it again. So it's a nice little easy game to play. It's a little nice intro game to play, but it's got a lot of strategy to it. And uh, another cool strategy of it, too, is you can actually make the jumps crash into each other and nobody gets them. So you can kind of screw people out of getting their points. So I like it. It's it's a fun little just fun little entry game. Yeah, it's like the fact that you can put the tunnels anywhere messed with me because I'm so used to Sero and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, but my pet, okay. Um, <laughs> I actually, I picked it up because um, Tabletop Gaming Deals on Twitter and it's at Tabletop underscore deals. He is really awesome. He always like posts like great deals, awesome sales and everything. And he claimed it as the Sero killer. I picked it up. It's not Zero Killer for me yet. I still like Zero a little more, but it is something fun for different, especially at the higher player count, where it's that notion of, well, we both score on this. So, like, all right, if I get three points with you, and I get two points with Kim, and then I destroy everything else for me and you, and make sure that you and Kim get nothing together, it's like, it's this weird, weird concept of how to score, but I like that. It does... I do like that it plays very differently as a different player counts. Yeah, we even did that thing where it's like when we played, it was like even though we were playing against each other, me and Tracy were like, okay, we'll do this and then we'll get these. And then Logan and uh, Logan and Cole were both like, oh yeah, well if you're gonna do that, well then we're gonna do this for us, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's just kind of a cool like it, you know, it's a fun little like okay. You know, I could do this for you, but I also could kind of screw you over a little bit too. So it's got a you know interesting little strategy to it. I'm glad you like it, man. I'm I'm looking forward to getting more plays. And uh, if we ever finally get together, we must do a match of Suro and uh, <laughs> and Indigo together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, enough of the now playing. Let's get into our topic. One of the things that made this topic come into my head is the fact that. And I can't think of the company, and you know what? I won't give the company its due just because whatever. Uh, but I will say the game, because you, so you'll be able to find it anyway. So they had a Kickstarter for Overturn Rising Sand. And it's one of these games where it's got you know a bunch of miniatures, a bunch of tiles, this cool look to it. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. Where can I get this? You know, I, just, I want it. You know, It's going to be hundreds of dollars. I don't care. I'll put all my money into it, blah, blah, blah. Then you come to find out that it's a complete ripoff of Massive Darkness. It's got this rule book pretty much copied word for word. And um, not only that, but uh, I will give the company a name because it was Foxtail Games. And then you come to find out that their logo was a ripoff of the Firefox logo with color palette swaps and stolen clip art. Their return policy was stolen from the Conan Kickstarter. It, it was like, I when, when you and I were talking about this earlier, I was like, it's like a group of mimics decided to try to make something on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, how can we get rich quick? Okay, let's just take things from eighty different places, and we'll just use all that. We won't put any, any of our time or resources or brain power into it. We'll just rip everybody off. You think, like, if somebody didn't catch that, if somebody, you know, wasn't playing Massive Darkness and backing this and looking at that rule book, this could have actually gone down a lot differently. Like, I know the project was pulled from Kickstarter and it was frozen and all that, but, you know, it's, it's, if that campaign was a little shorter, 
it's easy to picture where this could have gone a, a very bad different direction. You know? Yeah. Well, and the thing it was, even after the fact that people were calling this out, people were still Backing. going, you know what? I'll I'll stick with it. I don't care. And it's like, you're dumb. I'm sorry. I, I am pretty nice about things, but I'm sorry. But if you found that out, that all of this is a ripoff of other people's hard work, then screw you. You are a moron. And I will say that on record. It could have been a case of just that human nature of doubling down on your wrong decision. <laughs> you know, where it's like, people have done that a lot throughout history, where it's like, here's all the proof that this is a bad idea. Yeah, but uh, it's my decision, so I'm going to do it anyway. It's like, yeah. right. <laughs> now that yeah. works out for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't care if I drank 22 beers. I am still driving this car 15 miles. You know, it's yeah, like, Somebody's got to get these kids to school. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's funny because it, it's, uh, you know, like pre-show, you were, you were also mentioning, like, one of the things with Kickstarter, too, is just, like, the direction it goes in with some of these things. Like, these projects that rake in hundreds of thousands of dollars – and, you know, then there's the new guys that are trying to put their, like, legit game on there that maybe doesn't have 3D modeled, you know, minis and everything else to show. And here's a game that was basically just completely fabricated. It was like, it, it was a mimic that was getting, like, hundreds of thousands. And then there's the, the people that are putting the game on that doesn't have, like, the bells and whistles, and they're not even reaching funding, or they're, like, only getting, like, 10,000 for what is actually a good game, but they don't have the flash to compete. You know, like when you're putting your game on there for 30, 40 bucks, because that's what you really need. And then Cool Mini's like, nah, here's a Kickstarter with like, you know, $200 and has a thousand uh, miniatures. And like, you know, here's 75 add-ons and buy-ons that you can get. It's kind of hard to compete with that, you know? I, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it was like, I just think back to that thing of like, you know, like, oh, you know, you don't want to release your movie when the new Avengers film is in theaters. Problem with Kickstarter is like, Every month, there's a freaking Avengers film in theaters. Like, when do you when do you pull the trigger? You know, when do you launch? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's almost a tricky thing too. Where it's like, you know, even if you are doing something like that, you have to you have to come on a podcast like this. You have to get it seen on a video. You have to, you know, do these things. You know, with these smaller companies that, you know, aren't going to happen with these big companies because they just people are just going to go for it because they know what they're going to get and they know the pedigree for the most part. So, you know, with these other companies, you're kind of taking more of a chance, but like they're already behind the eight ball because they already don't have the things that these other big companies have. So it's like, you know, is it something where, you know, I almost wonder, cause we talked to a bunch of people that have done Kickstarters that are smaller and stuff like that. I wonder if they think like, you know, do they think that Kickstarter for these big companies is like, okay, well, it's fine. It's better for the business so then everything's seen more. Or is it like, is it that thing of like, you are slowly crushing my dreams? You know, I don't know. And that's one of the things too, like, you know, with like some of the people that we get on when we talk about these Kickstarter projects, you know, they mention how a lot of the YouTube channels and other podcasters charge a fee for them to be on to promote their product and like, our thing has always been, is your game really cool? Like, if it's really cool, come on. Like, let's just, you know, like, save your money. Buy yourself, like, buy your wife dinner tonight. Like, do you know, do something fun this weekend. Like, 
just make something that like we want to be into and that's like our requirement but you know you feel bad like you know these people like you know they're getting charged like 200 bucks 400 bucks to be able to promote their game to get some taglines on it and if you're not like in that eric lang category where it's like rising sun or something huge you know you you may be losing out on this like you can like you know put a lot into your dreams and just watch it crash because that's the week that the new zombicide came out Tough sucks to be you man like you know, your little card game about fighting zombies is obliterated because this thing is going to dominate. Yeah, yeah. It even, even makes me think of, like, even companies that are still well-known but, like, have games like, say, you know, the whole thing, like, the new thing we just talked about is, or it's not new anymore. It's, like, minis, 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 and, you know, train, 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 and, you know, it's just, like, this big, yeah. this big showcase of everything, you know? Where, like, say, like, it makes me think of, like, Mayday games coming out with that Garbage Day. Like, the art on the, the art on Garbage Day is not, not typical art. You know, it's kind of, like, gross because it's supposed to be because you're, you know, trying to get rid of all your trash in your room and stuff like that. And it's kind of disgusting. And the, and the trash can is not, not like this, you know, wow, amazing thing, but it's kind of, you know, fun. But, like, the game itself is, like, and I've talked about this before, it's like one of the best dexterity games I've ever played. I love this game a lot. But, you know, it's not one of those games that's going to get that, you know, $100,000 and stuff like that because it's not this big flash, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to see it at cons. Like, it won't be the big thing, like, for sale and for organized play. And, you know, it's kind of funny, like, um, with a lot of these games, like, with the, the hard time of, like, being noticed and when to get noticed... On uh, Secret Cabal, uh, Jamie Kiki said something that we said a few times too, where it's like, board games age like dogs. I almost feel like they age like bees, because it's like, oh, is it 10 days later? Sorry, this is fading quick now. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, like games can actually get old before they come out, which is insane. Yeah, that you is know? crazy. Yeah, because it's just always the, it's the dawn of the new, basically. Yeah, and it's, um, because, like, I mean, and the usual Kickstarter problems aside, like, like deliveries and, you know, all these other things, like, uh, one thing, I, you know, I backed uh, Crusader that will be done on Kickstarter. Seth Jaffe, dig his stuff. I'm like, sure, why not? It's like the TMG deluxified thing, so it's going to look really neat. They gave themselves, like, an extra four-month window on their launch date because they were like, we want to have a buffer, and, like, an extra 120 days will really help us out. And, you know, if things go according to plan, you're going to get it way earlier and you're going to feel great. But, like, this buffer will really cover us. And that buffer was it was supposed to ship, like, seven weeks ago. Yeah. You know, it's like even a buffer doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, I was really happy that I got Sentinel's Oblivion uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it shipped almost two years late. You know, that, like, a lot of the people that I used to play Sentinel's with all the time when I backed this project are kind of border essentials now because things like spirit island came out and better co-ops you know like detective a modern crime game and like you know like all these time story things they're like no we'll just play that man that, that's way cooler it's like god damn it like i got 40 pounds of all these new cards and villains or anything and it's like i guess i'm gonna be playing a lot of solo games or something <laughs> you know because of these like late windows but the other thing that i'm always Never, like besides the frauds, besides the late delays and all these other things, and besides the 
the hey pay us in full for this game now and you'll get it whenever and don't worry you'll be fine there's two things that i always find alarming one of them is when things change massively from what the kickstarter offers to what it becomes and not only in games but even like in other products take for example like uh the dice tower right Whenever they have their Kickstarter, it's like, oh, here's all of our promos. Get this. Get these dice out. Get these exclusive dice. You know, there's tons of, tons of like rewards, and their theory is like, you're not pledging for those uh, exclusive promos that you can only get through our Kickstarter. You're pledging to help us, and this is our thank you gift. It's like, no, no, I'm pledging for those promos because you're charging fifty dollars for them, and it's the only place you can get them, and you know that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that's a thing for board gamers because you go to these cons and you see this stuff, like. It's really hard to believe that's a sincere, you know, the, the approach. But on top of that, uh, throughout the season this year, they made it where every other week it's Tom and Eric, and then the other week it's Mandy Hutchison and Suzanne Shelton, right? Now, that's awesome for me because now I know I can listen only every other week because I kind of, like, I know Tom is the big figurehead and everything. I'm sure I vocalized it a few times before. I'm not his biggest fan. I don't think I don't think he's the best thing for the hobby. I love listening to Suzanne and Mandy though, so it's like I'll listen every other week when they host. Now the thing is, some people weren't happy with that change because when they pledged a hundred dollars to hear Tom Vassell and Eric every week, and they didn't get that for their hundred dollars, it's kind of like misleading. You know, it's if you went to a restaurant and you're like. Hey man, uh, I would like to get a well-done steak, and I want some like roasted red potatoes and a glass of wine. And they bring you a like Philly cheesesteak and a soda, and they're like, "Well, it's kind of like the same thing." And you're like, "No, no, that's not what I paid for, though." You'd be upset. And like some people on Kickstarter are like, "Oh, well, you know, like that's the fun, that's the chance." It's like, really? Is that how you handle life? Like, you know, <laughs> do you just drive with your eyes closed to see if you make it there? Like, it's fun and it's you know, it's like it's these absurd statements because you're paying for something you're you're giving your hard-earned money for something and if tom said that the goal was to get mandy and suzanne on i would have backed the kickstarter you know for that uh secret cabal like their first year they did gangbusters the second year it was really close and it was down to the wire and that was because it's like i'm gonna make this my full-time job and i'm gonna dedicate so much more work to it and all these other things and then you notice like over the last six months they don't filter curses anymore. They don't use an explicit rating. Some people were upset about that. And on top of that, like all the things that were promised from the first year of Kickstarter were barely being fulfilled by the time season two launched. You know, it's it's kind of like a misleading thing for people. So, you know, even on the people that are established, you worry when Kickstarters come around. And then the other thing is we always hear inclusiveness, like, Board games are about bringing friends together and inclusiveness and all having fun at the table and like, you know, like we're all in this together and stuff. But what really sucks is when somebody breaks out a game and you go, man, this is super awesome and it seems really fun. And then you buy that game and it's nothing like your friend's copy because they got all those Kickstarter exclusives. And then you're like, oh, that's fine. I'll just buy them. And then you find out you can't because you didn't know about this nine months ago. You're not allowed to have those things for less than $400. And for longtime board gamers, the excuse is kind of like, well, you know, like that that's part of the hobby and this and that, and that's what you see. But for someone that's just getting into tabletop, that's a really hard pill to swallow, especially when you're trying to convince them, 
no, look, I know when you play this video game that you can play at any given time and you got it off of Steam for $15 and it's the greatest game you ever played. This cardboard game that you can only buy when it's in print and it's $70, this is better. This is more fun and, and more, this is what you should be doing because this is an awesome hobby. And then it's like, it's an awesome hobby, but you can only have certain parts of it because you weren't around at the right time for it and it sucks to be you. And they're like, yeah, but I can go on Steam and get everything for this video game at any given time for like four bucks. And you're like, yeah, I know, that actually does sound great. You know, it's like, like, how do you convince people that this becomes a great value or this is something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, oh, by the way, make sure you go on Kickstarter every single day to make sure you don't miss an awesome pledge. And always have a thousand dollars on standby because if you don't, you might be very unhappy later. Yeah. I, f I feel like a lot of game companies, I feel like that's a hard, that's a hard level ground to make. You know, it's like, okay, we want to have Kickstarter exclusive stuff because that's kind of what Kickstarter is for somewhat, you know? That's but how you, you get the $10 million or the $4 million. Yeah. That's what Kickstarter exclusives are for. It's not to make the product better or anything. It's to get those outrageous sums. And that's what it's like, do they make the game better or do they just, is it just something that preys off of that FOMO that it seems like a lot of board gamers have, Yeah. you know, cause you're losing if you don't get those promos. Yeah. You know? But also I feel, I wonder if there, if that's now a thing that's ingrained in everybody's head now where like, say you come out with a game and you only have like, Oh, this is. You know, like I know some some companies they do like okay, well now this these cards are you know a better stock, and then you know like the dice are a better you know this or whatever, and that's it. And people are like, well, why would I even buy it on Kickstarter then? You know? Yeah, it's so. like because like with Sentinels, um, part of the reason I backed it, and this was like a thousand years ago. I think I was only like nine when the Kickstarter was on. <laughs> At least that's what it feels <laughs> like. But it was basically. Um, like we're going to unlock all these characters and like villains or whatever. And it's going to be stuff you buy, but you're just going to get it for free based on these stretch goals because we got to get these things printed out anyway. And like, that was awesome. Cause it's like, okay, fine, whatever. I'm giving you like 60 bucks. But if I bought this stuff retail, it'd be like 85. Yeah. Neat. And like, like the other person that does this. And, and this is why, like I adore this dude, Jamie Stegmeier. Nothing is Kickstarter exclusive. It's a hell of a lot cheaper and you get cooler bits, but the bits, the promos, the dial, you can buy all that stuff later. You know, you don't, and you don't need it. It's like, cause that's one of the things that I always tend to find with the Kickstarter exclusives too. Like there's nothing worse than like, oh, it's a game about like gathering these resources and you're gonna convert these resources and the iron mines for victory points or anything. And then like one of the Kickstarter exclusives is like a car, like most cards like, oh, for three gold gain two steel. And then the Kickstarter promo is like, for every gold coin you have, gain one steal. And it's like, okay, so whoever draws this card wins. Yeah. You know, and it's just sometimes like silly things like that. I mean, sometimes it, they are a little more balanced than that, or it's just like an, a very similar thing to one of the other cards in the game. But I always wonder about all those Kickstarter exclusives. Like, you designed this game and you did all these other things. All these Kickstarter exclusives, these 17 additional characters and 15 new weapons and 14 new locations and 80 new miniatures and everything, did you playtest all of those? Like, did you design this game to have 50 people, but you figured only these 35 are really needed for the game and everything else is a stretch goal? Or is it going to be like, 
and I'm, am I going to be playing this and I'm going to be finding out for you who is way out of whack and who sucks because mm-hmm. that's not fun like you should be paying me then because now I'm your play tester like why am I paying you $100 two years in advance give me 20 bucks because I'm finding out what in your game is weak you know yeah. it's just yeah. an odd thing yeah it is one thing I found that was kind of interesting is, you know, us talking about, you know, to, us coming up with this topic to talk about today and the fact that I got an email from AEG and they do a Kickstarter spotlight. Well, the Kickstarter spotlight is for one of the games that they have, but also they have a little blurb about other Kickstarters that are not theirs. And I found that kind of interesting because, like, you know, they talked about a Renegade Games game, which is, you know, a great, okay, they're both big companies. They have Kickstarters. They're probably going to be fine. But anyway, it's the, a nice little spotlight. But then I saw a game that I was like, I have no clue what this is. I have no clue who these people are, but they spotlighted it. I think it's kind of a cool direction for them to be like, okay, you know, we're obviously going to make our goal on what we've got here, but here's some other things you can check out also. So in that aspect, I think that's a good way to go for the bigger guy to help out the little, little guy somehow. But, you know, I mean, I feel like, you know, with, you know, like, again, with like podcasts and videos and stuff like that, you know, it's nice to that there's a little more help out there, you know, helping these people and stuff like that. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully it can get better. But I know there's going to be a lot of worse stuff out there, too, because just because there's a lot of shitty people out there. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of things that happen that aren't quite what we want in the hobby. Yeah, and, you know, I got that uh, that email from AG too, and I thought that that's actually a really good point. I almost forgot about that, where it's like the fact that they're promoting others, like they're actually, you know, mass emailing, you know, to let other people know about, like, hey, like, you know, here's something you may not have heard of, which is kind of nice. Like, you know, it's one of those things where um, you you can't realistically expect the Kickstarter thing to stop because it's too good for both people. It's Cool Mini or not, and all those other companies don't have to pay for a production line before it comes out. They they get interest-free money for their project, and Kickstarter gets a cut of those outrageous sums of money. Like, there's no reason either of them are going to stop. The the only thing I'm very curious about is 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 the tabletop hobby going to become less inviting for others as Kickstarter tends to grow and grow and grow in board game because like. I think it was something like, and I mean, granted, I could be completely talking about my ass, but I think it was something like board games accounted for like 30% of Kickstarter's income last year. Wow. Because it, it's, the board game things generate so much revenue, like Kingdom Death Monster, multi-million, Exploding Kittens, multi-million. Like, there's a lot of these outrageous sum games on there. And there's so, like, you know, you look at some of these board gamer things where it's like, like one dude I know, he has like fifty six things on like all these like future upcoming Kickstarters, and it was great because like Secret Gabal talked about it not too long ago, and one of them was saying, you know, like oh well, it's great because you know you back it, and then like you know like you know months later or whatever, you know, it's like it's a surprise, like a game just shows up at your door, like that sounds terrible, <laughs> you know, that's like the board game equivalent of like you know you. You hooked up with some waitress, and nine months later, there's a baby at your door. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that's right. I forgot about that. Oopsie. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. It's like, I worry about, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, 
you hear about the local like uh, friendly gaming store kickstarter doesn't help them you know and when people know like oh well they have retailer pledges i've asked around with some of the, the people i know that like work at these shops and they're like yeah we can't back those because everyone's buying it through the site anyway so like what are we going to do drop 650 dollars to get these kickstarters to, to do some things in and then have it in a store nobody's going to come here for it yeah you know it's like it's it's too much of a gamble to hope that the aftermarket demand is there and i was like you know it's, it, you can't blame them for that like you know like a little shop may not have six seven hundred bucks to throw around every time you know one of these big ass you know expensive games is out there yeah you know so it's like so your other option is waiting for the regular retail and you know and like i said sometimes those sometimes the kickstarter exclusive things aren't that big a deal but when it's like, oh, the only time you get these maps and these cards and these equipments and these villains, kind of sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it really does. It really does. Well, as Jamie Sagmar is awesome. I'm just saying it again. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, as I let Dan cool his jets from all the passionate speaking. I know, right? Speak. I'm all fired up, man. <laughs> <laughs> this went in a totally different direction than I thought, but it's awesome. Uh, we want to know what you think about it. I mean, obviously, you've got an opinion about it, so why don't you head over to our Facebook page, MFGCast. Um, join in on the fun. Uh, also, you can hit us up at MFGCast on Twitter. Um, yeah, like I said, it's just there's a lot of different things, and I'm kind of interested to see, you know, what the future holds for that, you know, because I... Unfortunately, I feel bad about some things, but there's always going to be those, you know little companies, those small companies that come out with these great games that I'm excited for also. If my psychotic ramblings uh, resonated with you, tweet at, at DY underscore MFGCast. Let me know I'm out of my mind. So, <laughs> oh, and don't forget, you can also help support the MFGCast Season 7 live now on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay only, pay only $1,000 and we'll give you a, a signed picture of DY. That's all you get. I'll make something out of Play-Doh and send it to your house. Yes, you know? exactly, exactly. With your feet. Awesome. It's the, it's the mini you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So now that now that you've now that we've sparked your interest, go on Kickstarter and look at everything and buy everything and cry. Because I'm sure I'm sure we've taught you nothing. Have you learned nothing, Jim? You, you know I know you're listening, Jim. That guy's still backing everything, man. He loves exactly. Kickstarter. I know, Lana. Don't do that, Lana. Why would you? <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of here. So until next time, I'm Kurt. And this is Kickstarter exclusive DY. Nice. And you've been listening to the soothing sounds of the MFG cast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.